Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, why don't you take out those notes you got on your way in today. We are in part one of a brand new series we are calling Uncomfortable Christianity. And the whole goal of this series is to to get you out of your comfort zone, out of kind of the norm of what you know as Christianity and into what the Bible says it is to be a follower of Christ. And and I want to challenge you in this series to to, to really stretch a little bit over the next month. And I know it's hard. You're like, I just, we had a great relationship series. Why are you going so intense? Well, uh, I think you need these moments to get challenged in your faith. Um, To stay healthy physically, uh, about eight or nine years ago, I joined a, a CrossFit gym. And in CrossFit, what I love the most about it is, first of all, if you ever do CrossFit, you know the number one rule of CrossFit is that you have to tell everybody you do CrossFit. So um, that's the only reason I'm saying this story right now. But I, uh, I, what I love about it is in CrossFit, they do all the programming for you. So you don't program your workouts. You show up and they already have a plan for you. And, and what, what I've realized is that the things they program, I would never do myself. So if I program the workout, I'd, I'd do it in the way that I like it. But then you never grow, you never get better. And I think that's what's significant so much about the workout. It's like the one you need the most is normally the one you would never have picked. It is the same with your spiritual life. Like, let me encourage you. Like, don't ever get yourself in a bubble where you're just always being told what you want to hear. Like you got to get to yourself in a place where you're going to get challenged once in a while to press forward because many times it's the sermon you don't want to hear is the sermon you need the most. Y'all with me today, church? So here's, here's what I believe. If your faith isn't challenging you, it's not changing you. So we're going to have a month to challenge you in your faith so that you can really be transformed into all that God wants to do in your life. I've recognized it when it comes to, to, to my life is that that's what the Holy Spirit does so much, is the Holy Spirit really challenges us when it comes to our faith. I, I read it on your notes this way. The Holy, the, the Holy Spirit continually comforts the afflicted and he afflicts the comfortable. And doesn't he do that in some of your life? Many of you today, even in our pray first moment, you had a moment where the Holy Spirit it really comforted you and encouraged you in your time that you needed. But also there's those times that we get way too comfortable in our American life and our American dream, and we need to be afflicted a little bit, pushed forward to what God has for our life. Let me just challenge you this way, that anything that God wants to do that's significant in your life is always outside of your comfort zone. It's always, when it comes to starting that business praying for that person, when it comes to giving generously, when it comes to raising up disciples, it is always going to be outside of your comfort zone. If it was, if you were, let me, let me just say it this way. If you could have had it by now, you would have already got it if it was in your comfort zone. But if it's something that's great that God wants to do in your life, it's going to be outside of that. And, and, and I want to encourage you today to be stretched to be encouraged to say, you know what, I'm going to go deeper this month with God. I'm going to get more out of my faith than I ever had before. So, so I want to challenge you, and we're going to talk about lots of different subjects this month. We're going to talk about evangelism and, and reaching out and prayer. We're going to have these different moments to get stretched in our faith. But I'm going to start it today with the title of the message that I think will help you in this idea of death to self. Death to self. In a world that has put the focus so much on you, on what's best for you, what's in it for you, 
Man, it, you be, do you, you take care of you, it's look after you. When that world, I'm gonna challenge you on, on what Christianity is all about, which is death to self so that we can be raised to new life in Christ. Death to self. Now we live in selfie culture in our world today. I was in Asia over the last week doing our missions work. Got back last night, thank you guys for all your prayers, and it's so crazy to see what the Lord is doing in our church around the globe. And um, so I got back last night, which means this. If, if, if you think this is the worst message ever, just blame it on jet lag, okay? Blame it totally on jet lag. If it's the best message ever, just be like, man, the Holy Spirit had to have done that. So, But it was cool to, to be able to go overseas. But what I recognize overseas is I forget the, the selfie culture. I've never been stopped more in my life than all these different pastors' conferences and events where everybody's just trying to get a picture with you. You know, it's the whole idea of like, like I want you in the shot. I want the picture of you. And it made me think a lot about like selfie culture. Do you remember selfie culture? Selfie culture is where you get the camera and you kind of, you're looking at yourself and you're kind of focused on yourself and you're going, okay, all right, that's what I look like. So you're in a concert and you're like, ah! and you know, they're doing the whole thing. I, I, I think it's interesting with selfie world, where um, I got five kids, you know, and four of them are girls, and I'll get these, these, like, I'll pick up my phone, and I'll have, like, this whole thing of pictures from my daughters. It's so crazy, and they're already starting it. They're all starting it like the, the, you know what I mean? And I'm, like, looking at them, like, dear God, please don't let them be those people, but it's the selfie culture. It's, it's we go to an event and what do we want? We want the picture of ourselves. We're trying to, we're trying to get us. You know, selfie, selfies are not just like everywhere. They're also very deadly. You know, there's more selfie deaths every year than shark deaths a year. Like, like people die from taking selfies more than by shark attacks. You got to think about that. You, when you go to the national parks, there's warnings everywhere now. What is the warnings? It's like, don't die for the picture. You're like, like people are falling off of cliffs and, and, and all because what? They want the shot. They want the one picture. Like they, they need it so much. I, I, being in India last week, I saw this story. It was really crazy. Um, the story was of a guy who wanted a selfie with the lion at the local animal habitat. So what he did is he jumped down into the lion's uh, den, his little, little, uh, little um, enclosure there, and the lion didn't care about the selfie. And this man ends up within 10 minutes, he's mauled to death by the lion trying to take a picture with the lion. You go, that is absolutely crazy. And that is the representation of what our world is about today. Everything is about us. It's my life, it's my time, my best day. My, my, I'm gonna be happy. What am I getting out of this relationship? What am I doing with my time? Uh, many of you woke up this morning and even your whole thing is like, well, I hope the message is good for me today. Like it, it's our world is surrounded by what we want, what's best for us. And Paul addresses this. He shows us that this is where our world is going. Look how he says in 2 Timothy 3, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. And y'all know this because we all had those moments. You see what's going on in the world you see, when it comes to the issues, when it comes to politics and famine and war and divisiveness, it's terrible times in our world today. And look at the marker which he says will mark the end times. Now, now I'm not one of those crazy end times people, but let me just say, we're closer today to the end times than we were yesterday. So, so, so we're getting closer there. So we're, so we're more in the end times than we were, especially 2,000 years ago. And look how he describes the end times. 
they will be lovers of themselves. You want to know what's making our world terrible? Is we have a bunch of people that love themselves. It's infatuation with ourselves. It's I gotta, I gotta only look out for myself. It's all about self. And when you make this thing all about you, this is where the problems occur in our world today. Because we have been taught, like, like, make it about you, fix you, be about you. Now, I'm all about some good self-care. I'm all about, like, I understand the airplane illustration. The airplane's going down. You know, put the mask on first before you help other people. I get that. Can I just say in uncomfortable Christianity, let me just challenge you. Can we, we've taken it a little overboard. We've taken it a little overboard and we have become lovers of ourselves. Lovers of ourselves. Let, let me just say it this way because I found so many stats that connect this. That the greater the selfishness, the greater the sadness. We would expect the more we focus on ourselves, the happier we would be. But actually the opposite is true. The more you focus on yourself, the sadder you become because now you miss out on what God really wants to do in your life. The more you focus on yourself, by the way, the more messed up your marriage is. The more you focus on what's best for me, the more you can't parent the way God wants you to be. You can't build the business God wants you to be. You think it's going to bring about all the joy you want when you're the focus of it all and you've missed it. You've missed it. There's actually a great connection that I saw through narcissist and depression. The higher the level of narcissism, the higher the probability of depression in their life. Why? Why? Because you weren't created to focus only on yourself. You got to get the, the focus off of us and onto something better. The best thing you can do for yourself is to get over yourself. The best thing you can do for your marriage is to get over yourself. The best thing you can do for your parenting is to get over yourself. The best thing you can do for the call of God on your life is to get over yourself, lay your life down, and say, I'm going to be dead to myself and be alive to what God has for my life. Dead to self. Death to self. Now, I know it's a popular message, but it's an uncomfortable one that we all need in our life Today, let me give it to you in uh, a very famous passage where Jesus is talking, and he's talking about this subject of being dead to self. This is so significant, and I want you to get it today. On his call to the disciples of what it means to actually follow him. And we've messed this up in the church world. Look at it, Matthew chapter 16. This is going to be our key passage for today. It's probably a passage you've heard of before, but I want you to, I want you to get it today in a new and a fresh way. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Now, let me just pause there for just a second. Notice he didn't say whoever wants to be a churchgoer. He didn't say that. Whoever, whoever wants to carry a good title as Christian. That's not what he said. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you know what a disciple is? It's the full-on, laid-down follower of him. It's, it's, I'm going where Jesus goes. I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm going to live a life totally committed to him. He says, if you want to be a disciple, here's what you got to do. You got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Those are three points today. I'm going to break them down in just a second. Look at verse 21, verse 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Now, that's contrary to what we learn in culture today. 
Because we say, hey, you want to save your life? You focus on you. That's not what he says. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. We'll find it. Like, you're going to find it if you will learn to lose your life. Like, lay it down, get rid of the selfishness, and live for something bigger than you. This, this is our call. And doesn't it affect all of us? Because we've all got selfishness that we got to get out of our life. I was thinking about sometimes, you know, I've got a lot of them where I was walking in selfishness. Um, I was thinking about one time, Katie and I were going across the country to go minister at a church. This is the early years of Radiant. And and we had one of our babies with us. So, you know, we had five kids, so I don't know which one it was, but it was one of the little kids. And they were just a newborn baby, maybe a couple months old, and, and we were going to go fly across the country. Well, I fly a lot, and the way I travel is I always get the cheapest flight, and then because of my status and loyalty to the airline, I get upgraded a lot. So I, I find the cheapest one back of the plane, and then once in a while I get upgraded um, when God favors my life, and it's amazing. So... So we're sitting in the lobby of the airport waiting for the flight, and I get the alert on my phone that my seat had been upgraded, but Katie's had not. So I looked at my wife, and I said, hey, I got some news for you. Like, God's blessed me. <laughs> it's amazing. And she said, well, what are you going to do up there in the front with your child? Like, and I was like, I wish I could, but you can't bring a newborn baby into business class. Now, now, let me just help all the young married men in the room. I made a mistake here, okay? <laughs> Don't follow my mistakes. I should have given her the seat, first of all, and then me take the baby in the back of the plane. Or I should have figured out, this is what I should have done, this is what my wife asked me to do. Well, Aaron, deny the upgrade and sit with me to help your child. That would have been the nice thing to do. I accepted that upgrade real quick. <laughs> I'm telling you, I sat on that four-hour flight across the country. I mean, if you sit in business class across the country, you understand they serve you a great meal. You get all the food, all the drinks you want. I'm just living the dream up there. So much space. And I can even hear this child in the back of the plane just screaming. I see my wife back there just holding this child, trying to keep her quiet. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, thank you for the, all the blessings. We all have moments of selfishness. That one my wife reminds me of quite often. <laughs> How do we have help in our life to be all that God's called us to be? He tells us. Look what he says in this passage. You gotta deny yourselves, take up your cross, and follow him. This is the key to everything God wants to do in your life. And let me break it down into three quick points. I think it'll help you today. Number one, you gotta deny yourself. You know what this means? It means say no to your flesh. Say no to your flesh. Your flesh is trying to kill you. It craves things that war against the ultimate purpose of your life. You don't believe me, try to go on a diet, and then while you're on a diet, you drive by Krispy Kreme with that light on. And I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. My flesh will turn the car into the drive-thru and order it without even me wanting it. It's just what my flesh wants. And what happens in those moments? What, it's, it's warring against the ultimate purpose. It's the same with every area of your life. There are things in your life that God wants to do that are significant. He wants you to have a healthy marriage. He wants you free from addiction. He wants you to walk in the wholeness that he has for you. And your flesh is trying to destroy all that God has for your life. My, my wife was telling me about this diet. It's a fad diet that's out there today. 
And she's like, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And, and she saw it, and I, I looked it up, because I didn't think it was real. This is a real diet that's out there today. Here's what the diet is. The diet is called the eat what you want diet. Now, how many would sign up for that one right there? Here's another phrase. You can Google it. You can Google it. Eat what you love diet. And here's the whole premise of the diet. It's if you're trying to lose weight, here's what you do. You just listen to your body. Your body will tell you what it wants and will tell you when it's had too much. Do they know us? Like, I don't know about you. I can slam a whole stack of Oreos. Like, I have no problem. That's what my body wants. You see, this premise is totally wrong because the premise of this is that we are innately good with good desires. How many know we are not innately good with good desires? We are born in sin, in brokenness, and our flesh wants things that will kill you. That, that is why that is why you can be in a healthy, God-honoring marriage, and your flesh will say, pursue that girl that's outside of your relationship. Look at that stuff online that'll satisfy you for a little bit. Hey, hey, cheat just with a little bit of this money. Just push it aside. Nobody will ever know. The flesh will tempt you to do things that will kill your life. That's why as Christians, we got to understand our goal is not to give in to our flesh. Our goal is to kill our flesh, to kill those fleshly desires. That's why Paul says it this way. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it's not just, I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't even want to crave it anymore, those fleshly things in my life. So you got to make a decision. Are you, are you giving in to the flesh? Or are you saying no to the flesh? Paul goes on to say, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. One is bringing destruction. One is bringing life. Which one are you sowing into in your life? And let me just warn some people in here today. And I, I just want to look at all the, cam the camera to look, warn all of our campuses. Because there's some people that you are playing games with the flesh thinking, it's never going to hurt anybody. And that thing that you are giving into and you are craving and you are doing in secret, one day is going to be revealed. And whether it's revealed to, to your spouse or your kids or your grandkids or to the government, someone's going to find out about it. And I'm telling you, that fleshly thing is going to kill your life if you don't kill it first. You have a decision to make with your fleshly desires. You kill them or they will kill you. That's how it works. When you feed the flesh, the spirit weakens. But when you feed the spirit... The flesh weakens. So every day you wake up and you make a decision. Am I going to feed the spirit or am I going to feed the flesh today? And whatever one you feed will grow and whatever one you starve will die. That's why you're in church today. You're feeding the spirit so that you can be strong to overcome the desires of the flesh. Can I hear a good amen today, church? John says it this way, that the spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. It counts for nothing. And I'm telling you, there's things that you're giving into your flesh. It will not reap what you want it to reap in your life. So how do we do this? He says it right there. Whoever wants to be my disciple, what do we do? We have to deny ourselves. Here's the second one. Take up their cross. Here's what that means. First of all, we say no to the flesh. 
The second one is now we're going to say yes to sacrifice. No to the flesh, yes to sacrifice. Now, this isn't popular teaching, but let me just tell it to you this way. The Christian life is a life of sacrifice. It is saying no to the things of the world and yes to the things of God. No to living your way and yes to living God's way. And you're doing one of the two with your life right now. So let me get these ladders out here. And uh, thank you guys so much. Y'all are so helpful. Um, so we'll see if this illustration works. It might totally bomb, but let's have fun with it, okay? So there's the two ladders that everybody's climbing. And our world would teach us to climb the ladder of self. Make it about you, make it for you, it's all about you, and you're climbing the ladder of self, and this is what the world has to offer us. The problem with it is this is contrary to Christianity. Christianity is not about self. Christianity is about, help me out, it's about sacrifice. So it's lay down our lives, it's lay down our emotions, lay down our feelings, lay down what we want. Like, like, like we're gonna do this, and here's the issue, is that you're climbing one of these two. Now, some of you, this is what you're trying to do. Like, this is a good description of your Christian life right here. It's like, I, I self, I'm, it's all about me. But then, oh, I need to follow Jesus. And yeah, I need to, need to lay down my life. And no, but I need to do this. And, and I want to have a God-honoring marriage, but, but boy, I like to do everything that makes me happy. And you're just straddling between the two. just want to see if you're watching. Some of y'all, this is the most you've ever paid attention in a service right here. I got to be able to go one more ladder step. There we go. Okay, great. Y'all with me? All right. This is a lot of work after you haven't slept for 30 hours. Okay. It's amazing. You can't live between the two. Here's what I've realized with life. The more I live a life of sacrifice, the further I have to get away from self. Y'all with me? Like, like I'm living a life where I'm continually saying yes to God is a life that is continually saying no to self. Can I also say this? The more you just make it all about you, the further you get away from the sacrifice and the life that God actually has for your life. And anything significant that God is going to do in your life is going to be a life that is with sacrifice. Paul says it this way. Let's have fun with this. May I never boast in anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not looking at me going, look at me, I'm sacrificed. I'm such a person of sacrifice. But he says, through which the world, here's this, the world, self, has been crucified to me and I to the world. Like, like the best thing you're going to do for your marriage is learn to crucify self. It's the best thing you're going to do for your, for your family. Elizabeth Elliot says it this way, to be a follower of the crucified Christ means sooner or later a personal encounter with the cross. And the cross always entails loss. So, so we lay down our life and we say, you know what, God, we give it to you today. We lay down our agenda. We lay down our right to be right. We lay down... Uh, our, our ability to respond to that text message because we know uh, this is really going to get them because we live a life of sacrifice. Y'all still with me today, church? Paul says it this way, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, so in view of his sacrifice, 
offer your lives and your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Your life should be marked by sacrifice. I, I just want you to hear this. I want you to hear this because why in the world would, would so many of our, I just want to shout out our dream team because I'm thinking about some of our campuses. You have to understand some of our campuses are in portable settings, different high schools, private schools, and you know what they're doing? There's some of those teams have left the comfort of South Tampa and they have left and driven some of them drive into communities they don't even live. They show up at 5 o'clock. This morning, it was like 5.30 in the morning, storming, raining. I'm getting pictures of the Dream Team. You know who you are at these campuses. And they're out there pushing carts and backing up trailers and setting up kids' room. Why would they do that? You know why? Because they said yes to sacrifice. Yes to sacrifice. That is discipleship right there. Why? Why would we do a legacy offering like we did in December to pay for things like the Odessa campus? Why would, why would we do that? And our church willfully goes, yeah, I'll write a check. I'll be behind it. Why? Because you understand that the only way to walk in significance in God with what God has for you is a life of sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. You ever been to our Radiant Kids rooms? Like, like you ever been in there and you saw those ladies and those men holding those little babies? Like, that's a lot of work. You ever, you ever like held a child? Like, like they're spitting up on you and screaming at you. And, and like, I go in those, some of those kids' rooms and I'm like, why do you do this? And they go, because they said yes to sacrifice. Yeah, none of those kids are, none of those little babies are turning to them and saying, thank you for the sacrifice you have made. I honor you for the work you have done today. Can I say it this way? There is a difference between a life that sacrifices and a life of sacrifice. This is discipleship. You see, a Christian life, yeah, I sacrifice once in a while. But a life of sacrifice is a life that's laid down saying, it's what my whole life is all about. My life is sacrifice. Let me, let me break it down into two categories. I'll do this pretty quick because we're, we're about out of time. But look at the difference between life that sacrifices and a life of sacrifice. A life that sacrifices, standards change based on surroundings. So I, I sacrifice, but based on the surroundings. Not like when I'm around my college buddies. Come on, I'm not going to sacrifice then. But a life of sacrifice, the standards never change. A life that sacrifices looks right outwardly. They look the part. But a life of sacrifice has died inwardly. A life of that sacrifices forgives to the face. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I move on. But a life of sacrifice forgives from the heart. A life that sacrifice loves the lovable. Oh, if you're like me, if you treat me like right, then I love you. But a life of sacrifice loves the unlovable. A life that sacrifices walks close to the line when it comes to sin. You tell me where the line is, I'll get close to there because I'll sacrifice a little bit. But a life of sacrifice avoids even the appearance of sin in their life. A life that sacrifices gives when guilted. You show me a sappy video, then I'll give to you. But a life of sacrifice looks for opportunities to be generous. Y'all with me today? A lot of cameras out. These are not in your notes, so y'all can take a good picture. <laughs> Which one are you? Which one are you? you, you, you know, your challenge today is go from, from being an American Christian to be a Christ-like follower and disciple. And you know what the difference is? It's going from this category to this category. From, from, from what is convenient to what is actually Christian. 
And I, I, I love it. I love it that our campuses are packed out with people. And my concern is that we're drawing a crowd and not making disciples. And discipleship is, I'm going to die to myself and be raised to new life in Christ Jesus. C.T. Studd said it this way. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Like, like I, I don't know what kind of sacrifice God's calling you to, but live a life of sacrifice. Saying, God, I lay down my life for you. Why does it matter? A Christian life that sacrifices little accomplishes little. And you are called to do something great with your life. So the greatness that we experience with our life comes with a great death to ourself, death to our agenda, death to our plans, death to our way, and we say yes to whatever God has for our life. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. Is that in Christianity, when we die to something, we are always raised to new life in something else. Because that's what Jesus showed us, that the way towards greatness is through sacrifice. And when he went to that cross 2,000 years ago and he gave his life, he showed us that sacrifice is the way to significance. But on the other side of sacrifice is always a resurrection because he didn't stay in that grave. He rose again three days later, overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And I'm telling you, it'll happen in your life also. So we take up our cross. We say yes to sacrifice. And here's the third one. We'll close with this one and we follow him. What do we do? We deny ourselves, know the flesh, yes to the sacrifice, and we follow him. Here's what this is, ready? Number three is you make Jesus the focus. You make Jesus the focus. You live in such a way that Jesus is the focus to every single thing that you do. I, I talked about the selfie culture in our world today, and uh, That'd be fun. You know, looking at selfie culture, when, when I'm looking at this camera, I'm, I'm the focus. Like, I'm seeing all my imperfections. I'm seeing all my problems. I'm seeing all my struggles. I see, I can see all this stuff. And I, I'm not great to look at, but that's kind of our world today. But what's interesting is that the focus right now is on me. And as I was thinking about this, there's so much of our lives that is focused on me. But that's not how we're called to live as Christians. There's this other button. Do you see this button right here? This button right here is remarkable. You want to know what God's calling you to do with your life? He's calling you to push this button. And you know what that button does? It flips the focus. It flips the focus. South Tampa, you got to say hi to some people. Come on, there's a lot of people watching this. Come on. Hey, there's South Tampa. Look at that. Flips the focus. And I'm telling you, you want to walk in significance in your life? You got to flip the focus. Get it off of you. Get it on to some other people. Let me just challenge you this way. What did he tell us to do? He says you deny yourself, you pick up your cross, and you flip the focus and you put it on him. You put it on him. You're going to go where Jesus goes. You're going to do what Jesus wants you to do. We're going to follow him. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. What does that mean? I'm going, to Jesus. I'm going with Jesus to the cross. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, so while you're still alive, while you're here on this earth in the flesh, what do we do? I now live by faith in the Son of God. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Aaron, 
if I only focus on Jesus, who's going to take care of me? That's why he says, now you live by faith. By faith. That if I give my life to him, he's going to take care of me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Christianity. Like we have given our lives to him. And when we give our lives to him, he takes care of us and he's got us. So my challenge for you, and it's a motto I live by, is that I'm not living for self. I'm living for my Savior. And I want to challenge you in your life today in uncomfortable Christianity to get the focus off of you and get it onto the one who we're going to be focused on in all of eternity, our Savior Jesus Christ. Flip the focus. Flip the focus. I um, have taught three of my five children how to ride a bike. I'm working on number four right now, and it's pretty hard. She's, she is my most, um, kind of like the most prissy, you know, very like, she's the, the big selfie girl. She takes all the pictures. And so when I was training her to ride the bike, she was focused so much on just the, uh, like, what's going to happen to her in this thing if she falls. So she's like, it's gonna, I'm going to mess up my dress, and I'm going to scratch my knee, and and I'm, I don't want to mess up my hair. And I'm like, she knows. She's like all worried about all these things that are going to happen. So I had this moment where I'm behind her and I'm pushing her to get her to ride her bike. And she keeps falling because she's just so worried about all the things that could go wrong. And in this moment that she's worried about it, I realized I was like, I've got to take a new technique. So the different technique I learned with one of my other kids is that you don't push them from behind because from behind, they're looking at all the things that are wrong. You get in front of them. It takes a little bit of skill. Some of you parents, this will be a good one for you. And you get in front of them and you run backwards with them as you're holding their handlebars and then you release it and you get them to look at you. And what I've realized is the more they look at me, the more they ride the bike. The less they look at me and they look at their surroundings, the more they're gonna fall over. Can I encourage some people today, if you're gonna ride into all that God has for you, you need to stop looking at your surroundings, stop looking at what could go wrong, stop looking at yourself. Get your eyes on your Savior. Your Savior's the one that'll help you walk into all that he's called you to be. Just right there in your seat, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you? What is that area of your life that you need to die to yourself? What is that, what area of your, of your emotions, that area of your, your way and your, your, just, your attitudes that just need to die to self? And we say, God, right in this moment, we say no to our flesh. We say yes to sacrifice. And we will flip our focus on to you. Just have a moment right here, just even as we're in worship. Have a moment of offering yourself as a sacrifice to God.
ask the Holy Spirit right now. Say, God, what are those things of this earth that, that just need to grow dim, that need to go to, to, to push to the side? I, I just want to have a moment, even if it's a surrender, even right now. Why don't we just, just, even in your seat right there, just sing this out to the Lord right now. all over Tampa Bay. Come on, make it your declaration. Come on, let's sing it out. want to live our lives as a living sacrifice to you we pray that God we would live a life laid down dead to self saying yes to sacrifice and following you Jesus with all that we have in Jesus name we pray if you're here today and you don't have that relationship with Christ you can start it right now how do you start it you make a decision to say I'm giving my life to Christ I'm laying down my agenda. I'm going to pick up God's agenda for my life. This is your moment of sacrifice. This is your moment to say, yeah, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And if you're here today, maybe you've never made that decision. This is the calling from God on your life today to say, this is where it all starts with a faith decision to say, I'm going to be crucified with Christ. I'm going to lay down my life and follow Jesus. If you've never made that decision, maybe, maybe years ago you made it and you walked away from your faith. This is your moment to be rededicated to what God has for your life. On the count of three, I want you to respond. With every eye closed, every head bowed, this is you and Jesus. You have that moment right now where you say, Aaron, I'm giving Jesus my life. I'm going all in with him. On the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up, wave it at me, and then you can put it right back down at all of our campuses. One, two, come on, be bold about this decision. Three, if that's you right now, come on, throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, dozens all over this room. Thank you all in the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people, thank you. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I surrender to you. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you. Forgive my sin. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.